It's Wednesday, October 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool 1, Brian White, and from Motley Fool Supernova, Matt Argusinger. Thanks for being here, guys. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You can follow us on Twitter at Market Foolery. Got a tweet from Len Nobbs in Satellite Beach, Florida, who wrote, My cardio lasts as long as the Market Foolery Daily Podcast while counting the number of people wearing Under Armour, and he included the hashtag, dozens of listeners. Um, that's always great. We love we love finding out how people listen uh, to the podcast. Um, so if we go longer, he'll work out just, farther. I was so just, just, yeah. just going to say, I hope I hope Len is hydrating because we're going to we're going to we're going to go ninety minutes on this one. Uh, we're thick in the middle of earnings palooza, so we're going to talk. General Motors, LinkedIn, Baidu, all of which reported. But let's start with Buffalo Wild Wings. Third quarter profit up 67%. Do I have that right, Brian? Yes, you do. Even taking into account the extra week in the quarter that they didn't have last year, this is a this is a monster quarter, and the stock's hitting an all-time high. Yeah, there's a lot going right at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. First of all, it's football season. So, yes. you know, the traffic is coming in the yes. doors at Buffalo Wild Wings. Chicken. It's, yeah, it's their, big, uh, it's their big time of the season. Um, it, it, you know, you mentioned it before uh, we went on air, is that pricing strategy, you know, going back to July when they changed uh, their pricing strategy before they were charging, uh, they were be, they bought their wings by the pound and then they were charging, they were providing their customers, you know, uh, on a quantity basis. The trouble was the supply that they were buying right. were huge. I mean, these were huge chicken wings and they were forced to, you know, Take a take a little small bath. You know they're buying it by the pound and they're giving it out. You know six or seven. You know uh, per portion. So they changed that in July and now they're buying it by the pound and they're also serving it by the pound. So 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 it's matching up and uh, it, it the fact that it hasn't really cost them any business. You don't hear anything out there, any complaints or any. This is not a Netflix scenario. I was just going to say we talked about this uh, on Market Foolery when. They announced they were they tested this, I believe, late in 2012. Yeah. They announced earlier this year that they were going to do this. I remember we talked about this. I think Jason Moser was in the room. And my comment was, hey, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. This makes perfect sense from a business standpoint. It makes perfect sense from a customer standpoint. And yet, it's the sort of thing that if they don't handle this right, yeah. they are just going to completely blow this opportunity. It makes sense for their business, but if they don't communicate it right to customers after years and years of selling them one way, yeah. coming in with a new strategy and uh, well, I think it speaks to I mean the experience at Buffalo Wild Wings is more is is about more than just the chicken. You right. know, you're going there for probably a game, you're going there for beers, yep. you know, and and the chicken, you know, is there, but it's not your probably not your primary focus you're going there with friends to watch a game and have a good time you know so it, it it was a move that they had to make and i'm glad that they made it and you know i mean comps are up five percent and uh it, the company owned stores they have 21 percent more company owned stores year over year they've bought some franchise stores so they're really doubling down yeah um, Maddie, we've talked before, restaurant business. I, I, I think it's easy for someone to look at Buffalo Wild Wings and come away with the thought, well, look, when your tagline is wings, beer, sports, that's easy. That's a no-brainer. Of course you're going to make money. But the restaurant business, you look at some of the other competitors in the chain restaurant space, and they're just struggling. Yeah, it's well, it's been tough. I think Buffalo Wild Wings is one of those ones where it's a little bit of a destination place. Uh, people know they they know what they know what they're going to get when they go, which is beer, wings, as you said. And it's it's not like 
where Panera struggled or where some of the other restaurants have struggled with with large menus and kind of not really a focus on specific yeah. things. And so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, and God, Sally Smith. In Buffalo, in Buffalo Wild Wings early days, I'll tell you what, Chris, it, it was more in restaurants. I mean, you can find restaurant chains that have been successful. How about sports bars? Right. You know? Across the country, how many sports bar chains are there? You know, it's very yeah. difficult business. Two words for you: Planet Hollywood. All right, <laughs> for those who remember, it always goes back to when that yeah. was when that was a publicly yeah. traded company. But uh, I, I want to touch on something you just said, Manny, which is Sally Smith. The longest oh, she's yes. been CEO yes. since 1996. There, there are plenty of CEOs who seek the limelight. Sally Smith strikes me as one who does not. She is really under-heralded as a, just a great leader. So uh, kudos to her and her team, and, uh, and we'll see if they can keep this up. Uh, General Motors' third quarter profit down 53% after, quote, special charges. What were the special charges? What? That's a heck of a drop <laughs> in profit. That's right. They had, yeah, they had about $900 million in special charges, one of them being this uh, $800 million of which, though, was this preferred stock that they bought back for their healthcare, from their healthcare trust for their union. So this is something. It's, it's again, it's one of those legacy things that the the General Motors and the, and the auto companies of the world had to have promised to do now and then, which is to fund, make big funding commitments to these these trusts. And that's just that's that's what hit in this quarter. But you know, overall, looking at the results, you know, call it a comeback. I mean, this is a this is a huge comeback from a company that was really just on death's door uh, a few years back. Of course, we know they got help from the government, but you know, just looking at the you know the the results here, very very strong. Um, you know. Earnings of ninety six percent, ninety six cents a share. Excuse me, one point seven billion in net income. That's up from one point four eight billion or eighty nine cents a year ago. Seeing, I mean, the real strength here is in the U S. Which is, yeah. you know, I look at a lot of these multinational companies, whether it's um, you know Caterpillar or, or Boeing or, or any other ones that have reported, and it's really interesting to see how strong the U S. is and how weak some of the emerging markets is, and that's exactly what's happening to GM. It seems, you know, if you look at their business in in Asia, for example, it was pretty weak. Where you know, U S. They're selling a lot of pickup trucks. So, yeah. Hey. Well, and the shares are up. I mean, I, I I don't want to give people the wrong impression with with sort of the lead there, but yeah, shares up about four percent this morning. They're doing well, uh, Brian. When you think when you think automate, like, are you interested in automakers? Because no. we, it seems like some of them are doing well, particularly as Europe. I don't want to jinx it, but as Europe no. finally seems like it's turning the cor- corner in terms of auto sales, but no, you're not Ford, GM, Tesla. No, I don't like the overall business. Now, I should have been interested in Tesla. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd say everyone should one, have been interested in There's one automaker Tesla. I've always liked, and it's BMW. I think they're a top-notch uh, organization, and, they, and they've been uh, in China for a very long time, and they're going to benefit over the long run of growth in China. So BMW is one of the ones. That so, I yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's really the top end of the market, and that's where, of course, Tesla also competes. But the, you know, yeah. BMWs of the world, the Audis of the yeah. world, you know, very strong brands, um, always doing well. Um, I, I, but I'll, I'll just say, you know, the, I wish Joe Mager was sitting here because he would, he would mm-hmm. have a lot more to say. But, you know, with GM and Ford, I mean, they, they've had really great Great quarters, great yeah. years, and so it's it's been a really a big revival. Well, and as we've seen in the U.S., where for a long time, partly because of the recession in 2008, 2009, we saw this pent-up demand. We saw the demand building That's exactly and people right. delaying yeah. buying a new car, that sort of thing, whereas before, I think the average life of a car was you know eight, nine years, something like that. It got bumped up to 11, approaching 12 years. We may see that in Europe, in emerging markets as well. But I guess I guess we will see as we roll into 2014. Uh, here's the good news for LinkedIn. The company now has more than 259 million members. That is good news. Uh, but the bad news, uh, third quarter loss of 
just about $3.4 million, shares down 8% this morning. Uh, again, it's not a big loss in terms of no. actual dollar amount. The profit that was expected by analysts was not that big either, but they were expecting a profit and they yeah. didn't deliver. And I think, and I think the, the stock's down a little bit because of its guidance too. But I mean, if you look at the, this is a company that's reinvesting in the business aggressively. So looking at the income statement is not really a true picture. If you go over to the cash flow statement, their operating cash flow is up 43%. All their all their numbers and their metrics are strong again. It's another strong quarter for them. Um, the biggest number for them, even besides their members, is their paying customers. They added another seventeen hundred in the quarter. As long as they keep doing that, Chris, that's the number you want to look at every quarter. Can they add over fifteen hundred new customers a quarter? And they can, how long can they do that for? Do they break that out by the average individual person who is paying them versus a this company? is going to be your company? These, okay. these are these okay. are the so corporate. when they say companies or, or, or when you say when they company. say members, the two hundred and fifty nine—that's people like me and you. Okay, it, we're not paying them, right? You know, but the corporate customers—they have twenty over twenty two thousand right now. That's their core business. That that's their segment called Talent Solutions that provide. Yeah. you know, it's their biggest. Uh, it's their biggest business. It was up sixty two percent. Motley Fool is one of their customers. Yeah, like, yeah, our absolutely. HR people yep. love them. So as long as you know they they can keep adding fifteen hundred to you know eighteen hundred new new customers a quarter. And competition is nowhere to be seen. This stock will be fine. Now, what we see, what we see today, the stock's down almost eight percent. And part of that, Chris, is this: the stock is not cheap. Right. There is there the expectations baked into this stock are. are uh, and and I think yeah, in general, this the social media space. I mean, I, Facebook, I think reports tonight. If I'm if I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, they report after market, right? Today. And yeah. you know, there again, it's just there, there's just been so much excitement about. Why do you so- hate Facebook? <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, no, it, can I get a like? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm very curious to see just if there's any kind of eventual vacuum a little bit out of this uh, out of this space. It's been so strong. Of course, yeah. though, yeah. you know, Twitter's IPOing I think next week. So eh. is it next week? I thought it was. I thought it was like the the fifth. I thought it was okay. later in the month. I keep hearing different dates. I've heard the seventh of November, and then I hear mm-hmm. other dates. So yeah, it, it's probably later. Are you guys interested in that IPO? I am. I mean. Uh, uh, Twitter has a very interesting platform. Are you interested to the point where you're actually trying to get shares, or are you no, just sort of? I okay. would always wait. You know, on I, if, like hey, that. If, there's if there's too much hype, if, if there's any way, and it will not, this will not happen. If there's any way you can buy it within that ten to eleven billion dollar range, which is the IPO range, I think it's definitely. A oh, buy. so if you could get in at seventeen to twenty dollars a share, you're I would. Interested. I am a buyer. I am definitely a buyer. I know for a fact though, it's going to go up seventy five percent the yeah. first day. And you will not be able to get it at that price. You know, the funny thing on the negative side is I was reading an article and it was pretty interesting that, that you know, despite the fact that they have a huge platform, Chris, is, is compared to these other platforms like Facebook and some of the, that they may have trouble, you know, uh, pulling ad dollars their way. Even though it seems like a natural fit with the Twitter feed to throw an ad in there, you know, it's not going to bother me if I have to scroll past an ad. It seems like a natural fit for advertising. Um, but... You know, given given the given the size of these other platforms that that these ad, these advertisers can can choose, like a Facebook, you know, Twitter may have some trouble generating, uh, you know, growing ad revenue over the next three to five years. We'll see. Well, and I think one ripple effect of that, not ripple effect, but sort of one wrinkle to keep an eye on is the partnerships, the content partnerships they have with, for example, the NFL. Mm-hmm. I was going through my Twitter feed last night, and one of the things that popped up was. 
top 10 plays of the, of the NFL season so far. And so I, I clicked on that. I watched the video. There was an ad in front of that. So ah, clearly yeah, there, yeah. Is, there is money changing hands. Yeah, so that's the yeah. sort of thing where I think that yeah. if they can grow that business yeah. where it's, oh, okay, I'm going to get something in return as opposed to just the typical well, – It's relevant. Uh, yeah. It's re- definitely relevant. Uh, shares of Baidu hitting a new all-time high. Third quarter profit rose just 1.3%. Here's another. It seems like uh, Maddie, another uh, growth company that's dealing with some higher costs. Right, and just like just like LinkedIn, Baidu's investing really heavily in its business. So revenue, yeah, revenue was up forty two percent, but then you look at the profit line up one percent. You're like, well, there's something wrong there. But no, it's really, um, you know, they've just, Baidu has decided rightfully so to invest a ton in their mobile um, ramp out, and and they're getting a lot of good traction there. They made a big acquisition this past summer, but uh, they're seeing just really, uh, I think, a fifty percent growth rate within the usage of their mobile applications. So Baidu's getting it done, and I'm, I'm happy they're investing there. They're all, they also guided fourth quarter revenue higher. So really positive. You know, a lot of this is this has been an interesting comeback story too. Because if you look, Baidu about a year ago was about half the price it was right. today. Yeah. It had come way yeah. down, and it really was because there was threats of new competition from Kihu being one of them. Look, they've maintained their share. I mean, they have they finished the quarter with 81 percent share of search in China. <laughs> yeah, say what yeah. you want. I mean, you know that yeah. that's dominant. And so it, the fact that they fell onto that, and they're making they're having success on the mobile front. Really huge, especially the fact that there are 1.2 billion, 1.2 billion mobile phone users in China. It's yeah. a huge mo- number. And, of course, if they're winning on the mobile side, that's great for the business. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, it was a huge test this quarter. I was waiting for this quarter to come out because last quarter, Chris, they, they finally broke through on the mobile front. They yep. 10% of their total revenue came from mobile ads, which was huge. It was right. something the market's huge. been waiting for for probably over a year. And the stock just took off like wildfire. It was unbelievable. So going into this quarter, I'm like, oh, you know, if they don't show, you know, some serious progress on the mobile front, this stock's going to take a hit because, I mean, it's, it was on fire. So this was a huge test. And I'm very happy. Very happy. Uh, I don't want to just dismiss with a wave of my hand <laughs> the market opportunity that is China. That said, is there any discussion coming out of Baidu in terms of growth? Like, to me, the, the amazing thing about Baidu would be if Baidu was being exported, if Baidu started showing up in other major markets uh, around the world. Like, I have no idea if Baidu would even attempt to launch a, an English language uh, version in the United States, and if they did, what that would look like. Um, but but maybe for them, it's like you know, we're just gonna we're just, we're just gonna concentrate on getting that final nineteen percent of the market share <laughs> yeah. that we don't just already dominating have. the biggest country in the world. No, that's a, that's a great question, Chris. You know, you've hear, you heard overtures in, in places like Taiwan and Vietnam and, and, and Indonesia and places like that. Yeah. You know, but I just think the, the market opportunity alone for them, still in their home country, is just right. so so big. Um, but you know, uh, granted, I, I think that's a, you know long. If you look out five years now, you'd have to say, okay, well, if if Baidu's going to reach Google esque territory, Google being a three hundred forty billion dollar company now, it's got to become more than just a single country play. It's got to become a regional play. That's why I look at a company like Yandex, Yandex as well. I always mispronounce it. Again, Yandex is the dominant search engine in Russia, expanding a little bit in places like Turkey and the Ukraine, but. In order for Yandex to really grow, it's also got to expand out. So, yeah, great point. And I would say, I would say, it's it's not all about Baidu grabbing that extra, you know, that last eighteen percent. It's just about the whole pie growing. You know, as China's middle class grows over the course of, you know, they could stay at their current market. Actually, they could lose market share. It's, it's the pie is going to grow, yeah, like it's likely to grow over time massively. All so. right. 
We will end there. Brian White, Matt Argusinger. Guys, thanks for being here. Go Sox. <laughs> Had to throw it in. <laughs> Wearing the shirt. You just jinxed us. I did. You just I jinxed just, us. I did. Billy Buck. I'm going to go, go cry. I'm going to have right Ann now. hit the bleep button. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow.